This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio in this 2024 edition as we get we are launching into a year with a lot of uncertainty and some people, there's a lot in the media about dreading this year. There's a lot of things that go wrong, <clears throat> strife, civil war, and all the things that are going on in our culture. So before I get much further, just a little thing I'll share in my own personal journey. I'm now entering into my third year of with long COVID and I've learned quite a bit about prayer and surrender and and the power of prayer and how God answers those prayers. And part of the symptoms of COVID have to do with the neurological effects, which can be depression and anxiety. And a couple mornings ago, I woke up and I was in, in a hole with depression and I knew it was chemical. I had nothing to be depressed about with things going on in my life. And so I just jumped into Psalm 119 and started reading some verses I knew that um, had been a blessing before. And I'll just read a couple of them where it says in Psalm 119, starting at verse 149, Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. Revive me, O Lord, according to your ordinances. Those who follow after wickedness draw near. They are far from your law, and you are near, O Lord. And all your commandments are truth. And then jumping to 153, look upon my affliction and rescue me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me according to your word. And as I prayed into that chapter, into those words, and revive me always, is a go-to phrase I look for sometimes, and, and God did. He brought me out of that cloud, and that's what it felt like. It just felt like a dark cloud of depression, and I share this because I know there are going to be a, quite a few of you who are dealing with depression. It could be chemical. It could be something, circumstances in your life. It could be a sense of hopelessness. And I did a newsletter last summer on depression. We got a lot of response on that. So if you're struggling with that, you're not alone. And there are others who struggle with it too. And in the dark days we're in, there's a lot of trauma. It can just wear you out. I mean, wear you out, wipe you out, and drain you. And, and that can right there can be a scenario for falling into a hole of depression. And then the circumstances we're in and who knows what's going on. And, in uncertainty of the future. So 
I share that with you because there's power in prayer and there's power in God's word. And sometimes for the chemical part, you just don't know. I mean, God is the great physician. Sometimes just taking a walk and getting outside and being in his, the fresh air and his beauty, sometimes that can lift our spirits. So, um, But I know that in prayer, he, he answers those prayers. He hears them. So don't see prayer as the last resort. See it as your first. And who knows what will happen. And so we're now in the um, what I call the post-Christian, post-Christmas crash. And what I mean by that is right after Christmas, when that whole the whole um, move up, the build up to Christmas Day, and then a lot of people, the bottom just drops out of their mood. And because now, what do we have to look forward to? January with cold weather or tax season and all that stuff, and and then all the the uh, <laughs> uncertainty of this year. So we've been quite busy already to begin this new year with people asking for help, including couples. So all that to say is do not feel like you're alone if you're in a painful place. Do not feel like you're alone if you're in bondage to some kind of sexual sin or pornography or or whatever the sin might be. If you're a wife and you're in a marriage where the husband wants nothing to do with getting help, and we do see that quite a bit, and I'm talking men in the church all the time, uh, who's just like, ah, you know, I, I don't want to go there. I, I can I can manage this on your own and on my own, and of course that doesn't work. Wives, you're not on your own, so we're here for you. Reach out if you're hurting, uh, and don't sit there in isolation if that's what you're doing. <clears throat> There was a book about the great in, great unchurched and that I saw recently, and I read a synopsis of it, and they did all this research on why people are leaving the church, and, and I cheated and went, went to the summary at the bottom, and one of the key uh, conclusions they came out to, why people are leaving the church, is not as profound as you might think. It's that people are lonely. When some big, deep theological thing is because people are lonely. When you go into church and you sit, watch, go home, you're watching a performance. You're not connecting with others. You're not getting support. It's the loneliness that we have to. There's an epidemic of loneliness in the church and in our culture as a whole. And there's an easy way to to deal with that, and that's where you break people up on Sunday morning and you have them share and pray for each other. 15, 20 minutes, that would make a marvelous difference in the lives of so many people. And so I want to keep bringing that to, your, bringing that to you that do not sit in isolation. That is deadly, especially in the times we live in. <clears throat> so Christmas week, uh, <laughs> so we got a Facebook page, Blazing Grace Facebook page. You can look it up and find us. And um, they came out of the woodwork. Uh, I think there was a post I did on prayer, and we were getting comments uh, that included just right out in the open, F you, uh, comments attacking me and the ministry. Some people were posting links to Pornhub and other websites and talking about 
how great pornography is. This is on our Facebook page. <clears throat> and then some of – there were pictures posted and we deleted them all. So if you go up there, you're not going to see them now. But some of those pictures were some of those vile, sickest things I've ever seen and um, that people would take the time to post that. It just – the darkness – the level of darkness that people are in bondage to is just tragic. And, you know, the attacks on me personally, you know, whatever, that, that's going to happen in this day in society and with what we're trying to do. And I'm reminded of Matthew five eleven to 12 that says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted, persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, my friends, if you're going to stand, take a stand for truth, take a stand for the church looking at its sin, take a stand for setting captives free, you can expect at some level there's going to be some spiritual warfare coming at you because the enemy done what this stuff brought to the open. And as I've shared before, 90% of the time when I'm on way of the radio show, I'm dealing with some kind of warfare. They're quite – I think the enemy is quite happy when we just do our nice, pleasant, comfortable Bible studies that, that aren't a threat to anyone. But once we start hitting our knees in prayer saying – pinpointing the, idea, the issues where people are in bondage to, that's where the guns come out. And so are we, are we doing that? This year, are we going to be a part of God's work to set captives free? People are in bondage, sexual sin. We just sit there and watch this whole thing collapse like it has been. <clears throat> and so <laughs> I'm going to keep reminding everyone we have to open these issues up. And the outside world knows what's going on. They can read the articles. So in addition to what I just mentioned that they were posting. They also posted some articles, links to articles, news articles from valid websites. One said the average settlement in recent sexual abuse cases against the Catholic Church is around three to four hundred thousand dollars. Today, Catholic dioceses in the U.S. have paid over three billion in compensation to sexual abuse victims. Um, one guy wrote, "The Bible Belt is the largest consumer of porn." For years, Google Trends has showed that a lot of states in the Bible Belt are some of those, like they said, the biggest consumer of porn. Sometimes the states with the highest concentration of churches are those with the highest level of searches for pornography. <clears throat> and again, th these are things, these guys, these people were posting on our page in addition to the others that were, you know, Disgusting. And one posted a link that said, Youth pastor sentenced to 45 years for exploiting children. And another guy said, Hey, let's ignore all the cheating on spouses that goes on that explicitly tells you not to do that in the Bible. They know the score, people. They know that we're corrupt with sexual sin. They know that we're not facing these things. This is the outside world posting these things, not me. And then another guy posted a link, and these are all legitimate websites that said the Southern Baptist Convention released a long secret list tracking sex abuse allegations against hundreds of pastors and others. And the abuse list include dozens of, and then they went on to show it. 
So they weren't wrong in that. And we have to come to terms with the fact that we're not dealing and coping and facing the sexual sin that has so many in bondage. This is just an article from yesterday. Pastor and youth group leader from Wyoming arrested for molesting a child in Lakeland. I see a lot of articles where somebody in youth ministry, a youth pastor, maybe a worship leader, are arrested for molesting kids. Uh, Another one, Richard Shaw, age 69, admitted both to detectives and to the victim's mother that he had inappropriately touched a girl under 12 years old. The mother called Shaw, who admitted to her that he had touched her child. He later told detectives, and catch this, that he's addicted to pornography and gave in to temptation when he touched the girl. 69-year-old man, his life is now ruined, and he will probably spend the rest of it behind bars unless the judge cuts him a deal, which does does happen from time to time. My friends, we cannot play ostrich anymore with this stuff. Man, and it's just so hard. These And these articles I read, this is just for a couple days ago, and then another one. Uh, Episcopal Church's summer camp director arrested on child porn charges. The former outreach director, a 34-year-old woman at an Episcopal church in Ohio, were apparently short on child porn charges, according to the state diocese. She had been giving responsibilities to spearhead a theater camp at the diocese's Bellwether Farm in the summer of 2023. This was the Christian Post that did that. And... One more, the Christian Institute posted this a couple days ago, uh, COVID lockdown blamed for Scotland's surging porn use. The number of heavy users of pornography seeking help at a specialist hospital in Scotland rocketed over 600% during 2022. A representative from the hospital said some users can watch pornography for hours each day, even being hospitalized with skin infection from neglecting themselves. They isolate themselves and some stop working or lose interest in life and it becomes a vicious cycle. It can lead to alcohol and drugs. It is so easy to go on a phone or a laptop and access it and avoid the other difficulties of life and run away from your problems. Porn and the the 69-year-old guy addicted to pornography We've been seeing more and more admissions and issues with child porn uh, last year. That is a horrible tragedy when they get that far. No man wakes up and says, you know what? I'm going to look at images of kids and it's going to destroy my life. And boy, I really want that. What happens is sooner or later they go into a deep, dark place on the Internet and they get exposed to it. And and then they get into a deeper level of darkness and evil and the stronghold gets even more fierce and it can take them anywhere, in, including molesting kids. So this is in our churches every single day in large numbers. This is not going away. The explosion of sexual sin in the church is continuing to blow up like a nuclear bomb, and the outside world watches, and they know 
And what do you think they're thinking about a church that won't come to terms with their own weaknesses and sins, who then pontificates and says, hey, you should X, Y, or Z. That message is going to be, uh, it's not going to be heard. Because they're going to be looking at us like, who are you to be telling me when, you know, your youth pastors are getting arrested for this stuff? So what do we do about this? And by the way, before I go on, Pornhub came out with their um, annual survey, top 20 countries by traffic, and the United States was by far the number one. They had around triple the accessing and the viewing of pornography of every other country in the world. The Philippines, France, Mexico, the United Kingdom, and Japan rounded up the rest of the top six um, and though they have pretty similar numbers, all of those countries, so they're, they're, they could be two, three, or four those positions. So um, <laughs> this should bring a sense of shame. It should bring that we are the number one consumer and producer of pornography in the world, and the church is one of its biggest customers. And I'm going to read for you now a prayer from Daniel 9 that I think needs to be read and prayed at every single church at the beginning of this year. Because if you look at what happened with the Assyrian Empire when they had the most marvelous spiritual awakening perhaps of all time, what did they do? It was just confession of sin and prayer. That's all they had, and God heard them. So this prayer I'm going to read from Daniel 9 gives us a structure for repentance and truth and confession of sin. And so I'll start from Daniel 9, chapter 3. And again, we need this. We need this in our churches. We need to open up and face what is going on. We cannot play ostrich. So... Daniel 3, I mean Daniel 9, 3. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Pleas for mercy. Crying out to God. Do we cry out to God in our modern, sophisticated, comfort-driven churches? Who does that? He cried out to God. Sackcloth and ashes, broken. I pray to the Lord my God and make confession, saying, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned. This is us in the U.S., in the U.K., in other countries. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us, open shame. Open shame. To us belongs open shame. We are the number one producer and consumer of porn in the world, and we ignore this. Open shame. This isn't exactly the seeker-friendly way and the positive, encouraged way of positive, encouraging way of starting a church service. But we need this. 
We need to take ownership of this. As it is this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them because of the treachery that they have committed against you. To us, O Lord, belongs, and he says again, open shame to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers because we have sinned against you. This should break our heart when we see these new stories of pastors being arrested for sexual sin. It should break our heart because there are lives being destroyed and impacted. It's like an earthquake tremor. Not only do the people who are molested and their family get traumatized, but you can it can hit a whole church hard, a whole community hard when something like that happens. It's traumatic. Open shame. We have sinned against you, God. We haven't taken ownership from it. We just want to be comfortable and happy and walk into church with our Starbucks cup of coffee and sit in our comfortable chairs and stroll in 15 minutes late and have our little God hit and go home and everything, all the neat loose ends are tied up and that's all we need. No, we need we need a John the Baptist right now. We need an Isaiah and a Jeremiah right now. We need people who are willing to have leadership skills and courage to say, no, no more, enough. We're going to get our hearts right before God. We're going to minister to the broken and not just in the sexual arena. There's a lot of different ways people are in bondage to sin and hurting. And then he says, to the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness. Oh, we need that big time right now. But you can't have the forgiveness if you're not one to confess the sin and go there with it. For we rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in his laws. So read Revelation 2 and 3. Jesus cornered two of the churches about not dealing with sexual sin in the midst. We have not obeyed this. When's the last time you had were in a church service and had a no-holds-barred industrial strength message on, hey, we cannot do this. This is destroying lives, and this is how we're going to equip you to walk out of that. Have you ever even had that? I've heard people who have told me they've never had it in their church service. How can you ignore this? And that all Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. And the curse and the oath that are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out upon us because we have sinned against him. And no, this is not a law of Moses curse that we're seeing. This is a we have sinned and ignored God. And this is the consequences of what happens when you have a church that has become prayerless with very few prayer meetings that doesn't confront people in their sin, that doesn't help them break free, that ignores the hard issues, isn't equipping them in the spiritual battle that's around them. This is, this is the consequences of all this. And we need to be on our knees in prayer like Daniel was doing, crying out to mercy, crying out to God, saying, God, please help us. Where is the sense of urgency anywhere? Anywhere in the Christian community. It's like we're in a spiritual coma sometimes. I mean, lives are being destroyed right and left. How can we just sit there and fall asleep at the wheel like this? I mean, we're entering into some very dangerous times. And people have been falling away like crazy for the last three years, especially youth. 
I want to just bawl my eyes out when I think about youth, 75% of youth walking away from the church. And <clears throat> go look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the first few verses. God gives the reason why we don't deal with sexual sin in the church when he says it's because you're arrogant and have not mourned. Who mourns over sin? Who? What would you do if you came in a church and your, and your pastor walked at the pulpit and you started weeping and were broken over all the pain and sorrow and sexual sin in the church? Wouldn't that just, that would totally set the tone in a different manner. And what if you had no worship band that morning and people just started breaking up and sharing and praying? I guarantee you there'd be people crying and hugging because I do this when I travel and I speak. I break people up and it would be amazing. We cannot keep doing church the way we always have been, expect different results. And we cannot live the Christian life the same we have been. So, my friends, let's go to war this year. Thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.